0: Greetings, and welcome to episode 46 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a look. One of my favorite games, Descent: Free Space, The Great War. Paul needs a nap.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's time once again for some favorite games. This time up, Descent: Free Space. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing today, with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking.
0: What's up, buddy? Not much, man. Just on. You know, high alert for yeah <laughs> arrival of squints. Right. <laughs> it's good time. Yeah, we and got funny. a little, little over a week.
1: So, uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you were able to squeeze this one in before. Uh, um, the event happens. I don't know what else to say about that.
0: <laughs> Before we reach event horizon. <laughs> yes. That's a horrible way to
1: <laughs> talk about Earth.
0: The black hole sucks me down, and I can't do anything for a while because I'll be yeah. All hands on deck, yeah. take care of twins. Am I doing the next one alone? No, we're I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> the, we, it, it. might actually be beneficial to uh, maybe find someone who loves uh, Stardew Valley to help us talk about it. It just you know might make uh, it easier. I'm pretty sure we might be able to find some.
1: I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to find at least someone who enjoys Stardy Valley.
0: Maybe we'll plug around. they enough to talk about it. That's the that's the real question.
1: So, uh, I, I, I got it? I got someone in mind. I'll talk to you after the cast. I don't want to put him on blast without getting his permission. Yeah,
0: no problem. I uh, like your shirt you got on there. You got a got a nice yeah. fancy yeah. shirt there.
1: I, I do. I got a Professor Banana's exclusive.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, if you, if you were on the YouTubes, when we were testing the uh, making sure the shirt stuff worked, we uh, we both ordered shirts and uh, opened it up to our Patreon backers, too, so they could order one early. Um, yes, yes. And so, yeah, so we we have official loaded Kurt Gaming shirts, and I got mine in gray, and I think Paul accidentally got his in gray. I was going to go with black, but apparently <laughs> I went with gray. I didn't realize I had, so I don't know, I guess. I also but, uh, have
1: confirmation we have at least one other person who's bought a shirt. I've got yeah, photographic and- confirmation of that.
0: Yeah, and uh, it was a black shirt, and it actually looks really nice too. Like I was oh, actually does. really surprised that the uh, the logo came out as well as it did. Uh, I was yep. that's what I was worried about. So I was like, uh oh, let me get this. So that way, if it's terrible, we could just pull it down without, you know, affecting everyone else. To terrible merch.
1: And this was also impetus for me to buy a tadpole shirt as well. They're also on sale, but they're over on Amazon. Ours are on sale on Teespring, and uh, we'll have and, our link in the show notes.
0: And I think there's a way for me to get them onto Amazon, so I'll have to I'll have to check. There, there's, um, there's a way to, to set up a teespring store that also feeds into amazon so i'll have to I'll have to see how that works so i don't
1: i don't know if uh dave did that i can ask him see if that's yeah. the case
0: anyway it's just something we can do another yet another way we can offer to do stuff that's um, right that's right might might be looking into doing a coffee mug next but i don't know how big their coffee mugs are but
1: if it's not a goblet i'm not interested
0: i know i know but <laughs> side unless, note. Unless you went to warehouse coffee mugs in your apartment and ship them to people, we might just have to go with whatever we can get.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> why why is a goblet a cup and not a tiny goblin?
0: I don't know. Maybe it's both.
1: It's bothered the shit out of me for a while. Anyway, what you been
0: playing? Um, mainly just mobile games. Uh actually, well, Minecraft I've been playing because the uh it's technically also a mobile game though. Yes. Because the way we have our server set up, I can play it on my iPad or my phone <laughs> or my computer or probably a toaster at this point. Um,
1: right? It's almost as bad as Skyrim.
0: Well, no, no. It's that's, that's probably a little better than Skyrim.
1: I mean, that as bad as in how many releases
0: it's been on. Huh? Yes, yes, yes. I I give a you're going for. Um, But no, so the, the new update came out. Like the, the big one that they were talking about at E3 finally came out where you And holy crap, has it made a huge difference in the Windows 10 version of it? Yeah. Because you know how, like, on the mobile version of the game and, like, on the Xbox version of the game, if you go into a crafting table, it gives you, like, a whole library of shit you can craft? Including, like, the stuff you can, like, make out of the stuff you have in your inventory? Yep. Like, that finally got added to the Windows 10 version. I'm surprised it took this long. Yeah, and there's just a bunch of little UI changes that, that are really nice. But yeah, it's really fantastic to have that in the Windows version too.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I, I remember playing um, the Xbox version with uh, my FIFA squad. And uh, we it was so much easier just to make anything because you just like, oh, hey, I have this in my inventory. Let me make this, let me make this, let me make this. And to have that in a Windows version would make things even yeah. easier for me.
0: You just click on a mouse. right and uh if you don't know this uh if you've ever purchased minecraft for windows like the original like java version from uh moyang like you can log into the moyang site and claim a windows 10 copy and just download the windows 10 copy from the windows store if you didn't know that like anyone out there who has done this like you can totally do that and then you can play on the uh the weird minecraft realm servers that uh
1: You need to figure out how to do that because I had the Java version ages ago when I purchased it and I have no idea what my Mojang account is.
0: Whatever your email was at that time, probably.
1: Fucking no clue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No idea, man. Um, Also been playing Vainglory a lot uh, because the the games are so fast. Yeah. uh, Apparently, so their world championship is coming up in December and apparently at the world championship they're going to be announcing a new five versus five mode so i wonder if they're going to make a new map because right now their map is like made for 3v3 yeah it's just basically the same map they they use the same well it's weird because it's a there's a lane across the top and then the jungle is underneath it and then there's a central thing in the jungle for both teams to fight over which gotcha. for a while it's a gold mine and then it turns into the Kraken and it which is basically this big giant Rancor looking monster that uh will run around and smash the enemy's uh turrets down. Fair enough. But, so it's it's interesting. I'm curious to see if they're gonna release a new map for uh five v five when that comes out. Um, yeah, it'll be fine. And then I've been very sporadically playing Last Days on Earth. uh, Me too. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's a weird little game, but it's surprisingly fun. It's surprisingly fun to kill other players, which is hilarious sometimes.
1: Because they set it on auto and then don't pay attention. And then you just wing the shit at them with a freaking crowbar or something.
0: It's hilarious. The one that I've been doing lately, and I told you about this the other day, my my favorite tactic is, uh, so you yeah. can have two weapons. You have the one that you're using, which I, and you one know, in the pocket. Like, and then one in your pocket that you can quick swap to because it just puts a little button on the screen and you hit the button and you switch weapons. And so what I've been doing lately is using like, you know, something that is easily expendable, like a cricket bat or a baseball bat or something or like a hammer. And then in my pocket, I'll have a nine millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> yes so i'll so i'll let people come attack me and i'll like wail at them a little while with the weapon and then i'll run away from them and like get them to start chasing me and then i'll just switch to the nine millimeter and just mow them down because it you that the rate of a fire on that thing is crazy it is ridiculously fast and it's it is so it doesn't do a lot of damage but it's the fact that you can shoot someone six times before they can even go like oh shit i need to run away like you just you chew up their health bar and they're dead before yeah. they can do anything. And I'm sure they're sitting there cussing themselves out if they aren't just, you know, auto looting.
1: Yeah. I usually just I mean that even when they come back, they're probably cussing themselves out after realizing, oh, someone looted my fucking corpse. Yep. Which is really entertaining for me because I don't give a fuck. I actually pay attention when I'm playing.
0: Yep. So but it's it's a fun little game. I I've been enjoying it.
1: I like it. I'm trying to set up a uh, a small clan because honestly, I feel like that's the only way you can really further advance into the later stages of the game because I, whenever I try to tap on other things, like, you can't go here without being in a clan. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, and, and it's even weirder because like, to even, even join a clan, you have to get to like 26th or 28th level, I think. And it's just like, holy crap, that feels like it's going to take forever.
1: It does not. I'm already level forty-five. Okay. <laughs> it really doesn't take that long.
0: Nice. Yeah, I need to, I need to play some more. I haven't played in like a week, but yeah, that's fun. It has it has its moments. I like it. I like it. Yep. It's dumb. So, so, what have you been playing?
1: Well, I've been playing our main topic game, Descent: Free Space. At least today, because <laughs> really, this is the only time I've had to fucking game over the last. Couple weeks um, when I haven't been working on the audiobook, I've been working mm-hmm. on voice work. Uh, I ended up uh, scheduling a uh, coaching session with a, a voice coach, and I've been doing all of the uh, homework that he set for me. Um, other than that, uh, in the evenings when I go to bed, I've I've got my PS4 in the bedroom, and I'll just I was throwing on Telltale's Game of Thrones for until I finished it uh, last night. Nice, yeah. Didn't care for the ending. But then again, it's a Game of Thrones game, so you expect tragedy.
0: Yeah. Yes, you do. And everyone dying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. On to the news. news. (laughs) Yay, news. (laughs) So we got a bunch of news today. And actually... This is a, a topic that I want to revisit in a future episode, specifically the fact that recently a developer came out and at the very least said, toxicity in games is why the industry is less open. Um, Charles Randall, a, a developer over at Ubisoft and has several years, he's got seven years in Ubisoft and several years elsewhere, um, specifically explained that, uh, but here's the rub. All the stuff you ever wanted to know about game development would be out there if not for the toxic gaming community. Wow. In essence, Randall says that the game developers can't be honest about the reality of game development. The decisions that lead to mistakes or the changes that happen over the course of making a game aren't made public because they've learned that doing so will lead to death threats.
0: Yeah. Anybody else find that fucked up? Yeah. Because isn't... well. Didn't the guy who make, made, was it Fez? Didn't he basically rage quit the gaming industry because he was getting death threats and shit? Yeah, Phil Fish. Uh, he
1: famously rage quit the gaming industry by basically flaming everyone around him and saying Fez Two is canceled, and then basically dissolving his company.
0: Yeah, but it was all all due to the fact that he was like getting death threats over yeah. his work on Fez Two, which is like absolutely insane that that stuff happens, but yeah
1: yeah his reaction he had a bit of an overreaction i think but but at the same time if i'm getting death threats i'm not liable to continue doing things to make people happy either yeah so on one hand yes it was a bit of an overreaction on the other i kind of understand where he's coming from in other news uh rocket league's Rocket League's season six update will actually offer you the ability to form your own tournaments, which is kind of cool. Really
0: cool. Yeah, that is that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it just I wish, it, uh, I wish more games featured that. Like, that's one of the things that like I wish you could do in League of Legends is there was like a very like an easy way to structure your own tournaments online so that you could mm-hmm. like just host tournaments or like Hearthstone, so you could host a Hearthstone tournament. And like, there's just not an easy way to do this stuff, and I wish there were. Yes, yeah, you and, can do a lot uh, of really cool
1: stuff. Absolutely. So apparently they actually just dropped, the patch just dropped today. And Psyonix uh, also said that they were um, introducing land support so you can actually play with, I uh, have a land party again, which is kind of cool because that's <laughs> something I haven't done since I was a kid. Um, they also offered up 90 new in-game items, a new limited time arena map called Farmstead, and the Decryptor, an item players can use to open crates without needing to purchase a key which is kind of cool. I assume that comes out in loot boxes. I don't know how Rocket League works. I played one game and got very ill and never played again.
0: <laughs> nice. So I should pick yeah. that for a favorite game sometime?
1: You can if you want, but I ain't going to play it. <laughs> like, no joke, I can't play that game without getting physically ill. That's weird. Yeah. it's. I don't know what it was, but I was just... I. That trash can has seen vomit. Nice. Anyway, a bit more news. Uh, There's actually going to be no Diablo 4 announcement or unfortunately any other news at BlizzCon for Diablo. They said they are working hard on continuing to build the Diablo franchise, but there's nothing new forthcoming at this BlizzCon.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually watched a video earlier today, which I'll try to put in the show notes, of a guy talking about like Blizzard's working on two new projects right now, Mm -hmm. and the only reason we know about this is because of job listings because it's like they're both for unannounced games Um, Mm -hmm. but one of them is a first-person shooter and the other one is something else and like neither of them are sound like Diablo at all Uh, so it's it's interesting Uh, be interesting to see where it goes absolutely probably won't see anything for like two or three years easy especially with blizzard yeah
1: they're they're (laughs) very much a when it's done company and i can completely support that especially with the track record they've had
0: yeah uh so as quasi follow up to our last episode uh there is uh some hilarious uh feedback from the community to i think it's is it 2k games or is it is it take two interactive or it's it's 2k games Okay, there's two games. Uh, so they just released NBA 2K18 because, you know, basketball season's here. Um, and it contained a absolute ridiculous amount of microtransactions. And people got so pissed off that they went back in and changed all of the microtransactions. Like, huge changes to how much stuff costs in their virtual currency which you can earn the virtual currency playing games like as yep. your paycheck for doing good good in a game or whatever yeah But yeah
1: you get a paycheck and a bonus depending on what your rating is at the end of the game you get right. a flat paycheck but you also get the bonus for
0: performance right and then or you can purchase it if you want to take a shortcut but yeah. the stuff was used for like buying haircuts getting tattoos buying clothes for your like they have a you know basically you go out and play street basketball so clothes for your street basketball play uh like everything and then the worst part was is there's no preview for any of this stuff so the only way to find out if your 1500 virtual currency unit haircut looked good was to pay 1500 virtual currency units and uh since the complaints like those haircuts have dropped to like 100 or 150 instead of 1500 so it's like they <laughs> they got the message loud and clear that people were like this is absolutely ridiculous for a game i just paid you 60 dollars for
1: it is it is uh, and as a follow-up to that forbes actually has an article titled will nba 2k18 or shadow of war be the breaking point for microtransactions yeah. And I find that hilarious, that Forbes is writing articles like this.
0: Yeah. Well, they they write about business, like video game business stuff all the time. It's pretty it's crazy. Just, it's just funny, that's all. Yeah. Oh, I know. And lastly, as of this week, so last week when you hear this episode live, uh, Elite Dangerous has released patch 2.4, which is the last patch for uh, Horizons. That's and. Right. The Thargoids are here, so you can actually fight aliens now. And they are apparently incredibly hard. And uh yeah. one has actually already been killed. So yeah. here's a confirmed to
1: kill. Yeah. I hope he's a wolf.
0: No. He, they no were not. That's a shame. It was uh there's a really infamous clan called, I believe they're called STC, and uh they're the ones who killed, uh <laughs> there's a, commu- a community event a while ago that was tied into a book that was being written, and they killed the NPC that players were escorting as part of the story that was going to be mm-hmm. written into the book, like SDC showed up and killed the NPC, and then left. Seems right. Sounds like something I'd do. And the funniest part was is that like it's completely useless for the story because the pilot's name was Commander Harry Potter. Delightful, <laughs> delightful. So Commander Harry Potter killed Salome and therefore, <laughs> like <laughs> no one has any idea what this guy's going to do with his book. <laughs> did
1: did he use his Patronus?
0: Uh, he might have used his anaconda.
1: Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Because that could get suggestive really quickly. Uh, no, main I don't topic know what you're talking about. time, I guess. <laughs> so, like usual, we will go through our. Uh, we do our this generally on game corners and sometimes on our uh, favorite game episodes. But we're going to do our spoiler-free section. And once you hear the klaxon and my delightful voice saying, "This is going to be a spoiler zone," and to fast forward to X time then it'll be okay to return from SpoilerVille. For now, we are remaining spoiler-free. We will give you the warning as soon as we're done with spoiler-free sections.
0: Yeah. There is a tiny spoiler in some of the pictures that are are going to be in the show notes, so don't click on the pictures.
1: Yes. Please <laughs> you listen to the episode or play the game.
0: Or just decide you want to do it. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so little history lesson for Descent Free Space and why it's called Descent Free Space where uh, the sequel is just called Free Space 2. Um, so, once upon a time, there was a little company called Parallax, and they made a series of games called Descent. And I remember. Are, if you're unfamiliar, they are 3D quasi-flight sims, kind of. They're corridor shooters that are, like, f- fully 3D. So, like, you can go upside down. There's no floor for you to run on. Like no, no. It, it's... And they were kind of a flight sim. Like, you were in a ship flying around. But there's no gravity.
1: The only only reason we say quasi is because you're not in an open area. You are literally in small corridors and hallways that you fly your your ship through. Yeah. So it's
0: kind
1: of a flight sim.
0: Yeah. So after Descent 2 came out uh, in 1996... Parallax uh kind of imploded at the leadership level and split into two companies, and like it was a quasi-amicable split, is my understanding. Like they just they had different ideas of where they wanted to go, mm-hmm. so two companies formed out of this: Outrage Games and Volition. Which most people actually know Volition. Most people don't know Outrage Games.
1: Yeah, um, if you know Volition, you know Saints Row.
0: Yes, so Outrage first their first game was descent 3 Mm -hmm. in in 1999 and then they got bought by thq and then basically mainly did ports of ported games to xbox Mm -hmm. um and then they got to make one game that was an original ip that was called alter echo and apparently did not sell very well and while THQ was doing some reshuffling uh Outrage Games got closed in 2004. So they did not win. Um That's a shame. Volition, however, managed to hit their stride and find a like a niche in the market, I guess. Is the way I would think of it. Um so the first game they made was Descent, free space, uh a, another space sim, but this time instead of doing corridor shooters, it was wide open space. Yes, uh, like very open space with a big story, and the, I think that they used the name Descent just basically so that like people know that like, hey, we're the people that made Descent. Like a license, really? Yeah, they had they had an agreement with the Outrage guys that they were both allowed to use Descent for marketing purposes or whatever, so that sure, uh, sure. uh and then it, so descent free space was released in 98 uh descent uh, free space 2 was 99 and then between 2000 and 2006 they released summoner red faction summoner 2 red faction 2 and saints row so like a series of huge games over the course of 6 years uh red faction went through 2011 i think they they were releasing red faction games and I believe uh, so. saints row still here yeah saints, saints row 4 is only a couple years old and uh now they have whatever their crazy agents of mayhem based loosely on saints row yeah yeah an alternate timeline for saints row apparently what yeah
1: that's just silly then again saints row is silly
0: well saints row 4 had freaking aliens come on man <laughs> um alien oh,
1: said, superpowers it was crazy
0: yes yes um so that's that's what kind of made this game interesting is where instead of doing the tight corridor shooters they kind of just took all of that stuff and chucked it out the window and were like hey we're just we want to make big cinematic space dog fights like you see in movies but you've never seen in a video game so we want like the big star wars you know star destroyer battles with lots of tiny ships flying around and mm-hmm. like that's what we want to make and they did it well they they did it pretty good like the, sh- the the most interesting thing in the game that was not really done at this time was like the scale of the ships because mm-hmm. there are some like the fighter ships i mean they're they're decent sized some of them are a little bigger than others But then there are the giant capital ships. And holy crap, some of them are big. And They are. One of the things that apparently fans of free space have done is make real-world comparisons to how big these ships are compared to modern naval vessels. (laughs) (laughs) To give you an idea of the size. So I'm going to include a couple of pictures here in the show notes. Damn. The first one shows four ships one of them i actually don't know the the name of like it there's a like a trans giant transport ship or something that i mm-hmm. don't recognize It might actually be from free space too so the first one is a fenris class destroyer i think or maybe it's a carrier, carrier. Uh, gdc fenris is the the class which i think stands for global defense or galactic defense carrier maybe um uh-huh. But it's the same oh pretty much the same size as a modern Nimitz class aircraft carrier, which in the picture is directly next to the Nimitz class. Like the Nimitz class is down towards the bottom.
1: Yeah, I see it. I
0: see it. That is
1: tiny compared to these big fuckers.
0: Yes. So the the two big ships, the one on the right is an Orion class destroyer, which is what the Galate is, and Uh there's another ship later in the game that you get you fly missions for, also, which is the Bastion. Both of those are Orion class ships. Mm -hmm. It is six Nimitz class aircraft carriers long. A a Nimitz aircraft carrier is about 330 meters long. Mm -hmm. So that means like this thing is 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 absolutely enormous. Then there's that giant
1: fucker right next to him. Yes, which, which is about eight aircraft carriers long.
0: Yes. And and that's a spoiler that's a spoiler vessel ship. Uh it is referred to as the uh Lucifer mm-hmm. in in the game cuz they don't actually know what it's called. Uh so they just it's a giant yeah. demonic looking thing so they call it the Lucifer. Um yeah. and there's a the next picture is like just this act- absolutely awesome look of just how oh, the, the, the Lucifer is. It's a great picture. It's an oh, yeah, it's awesome picture. But yeah, that's that's how big, and that's a Fenris in front of it, and then another weird gunship next mm-hmm. to the It's in the middle. But yeah, it's just these absolutely ridiculously huge ships. And uh, that's what you get to fly around. And yeah, it's really cool. Like, it's just this great thing of, like, oh, my God, taking down one of the giant capital ships, like, is a huge feeling of accomplishment when you do it. Especially with, like, all these tiny fighters flying around at the same time. and.
1: Let's put it this way. When when you take down a capital ship, you're generally flying in something that's not that big. It's usually a single-person craft. So, just put that in perspective for you.
0: Yes. Most of them are, like, I mean, it's the size of, like, a modern jet. Yeah.
1: Maybe a little larger, but.
0: Yeah. Some of them are a little larger. Some of the bombers are a little larger. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But. Yeah. So that was one of the big innovations they had when they made this game. One of the other really big ones is their AI and their difficulty system, which tied together in a very weird way. But one of the things that they got really right in this game is ship AI, because if you've ever played any of the like, I don't know, early wing commander games, your wingmen are completely useless. Mm -hmm. Like they're just complete derp. And like in this game, you can actually put them to use and they do stuff and they will actually get kills.
1: Let me put it this way. I did next to nothing playing this game and just ordered my wingmen around and kind of just played, watched the game go.
0: (laughs) Yes. I am actually incredibly certain that on standard difficulty i can probably beat the entire game without firing a single shot except yeah. for maybe one mission because i think that mission is bugged it was the hardest mission in the game for me and it's not supposed to be the hardest mission in the game hmm. and w- in in the loadout screen i could load out three wings of ships my wing right. and yeah. two others
1: yeah alpha beta and uh, delta wing i think
0: yeah, well, though this one it was alpha, alpha, beta, and gamma wing in in okay. this loadout. Um, and gamma wing was Hercules fighters, which are these big heavy ships. Mm-hmm. And gamma wing never sh- showed up; was never there. So it was just me and and beta mm-hmm. wing. And it was just yeah. like, what the shit am I supposed to do with this? Like, I'm missing four ships, and I still beat the damn thing anyway.
1: Nice. nice. I had mine in very easy mode, and while I was firing, I wasn't hitting shit (laughs) because I'm not good at the game. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I'm terrible.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, To be honest, like one of the things that I did beforehand was just play the training missions over and over and over again and like tweak my uh, dead zone, like the sensitivity in dead zone, because it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Getting it to something comfortable.
1: I ended up just wanting to play Elite Dangerous the yes. entire time I was playing this.
0: I do too. But yes, I actually I really want to play Free Space 2 now cuz
1: I do just play Elite Dangerous instead.
0: You can. But I okay. I kind of want to play Free Space 2. So, but <laughs> uh so the my comparison for this is always like the original Wing Commander game cuz we actually used to do something really funny when we played Wing Commander which made the game a lot more hilarious in just this weirdness um and that we would basically like just kill our wingmen as soon as we left the ship (laughs) like literally just turn around and shoot the wingman because he was more useful to us and he wouldn't steal any of our kills so we could climb up the leaderboards yeah it's like if you remember in the wing commander games in the mess hall there was like a sign on the wall that were killed like confirmed kills were tallied up and if you kept killing your wingman like they couldn't steal your kills so you would always you could climb up that list faster but it made the game really funny because what would happen is you would come back and there'd be this big dramatic cutscene of you being like oh my poor wingman is dead oh and it like it, it comes across even like more hilariously melodramatic because like you know that you just murdered him like literally the second you left the ship and no one does anything it's no. like games ai wasn't expecting you to do that but awesome. yeah, we, we used to do that it was always really funny but they they were never useful and they just got in the way and uh that's fair so it was always really funny in this game it's like oh man we used to play i think i've mentioned this before where my friend who was much better at dog fighting than me we would play single player and he would do the dog fighting and i would just man the keyboard and all i would do is reallocate energy and she equalizes shields and, Command all of the other stuff around and target subsystems, and just be—he'd be like, "I want to, I want to shoot out the engines." I'm like, "Cool," I'd switch over to the engines. I'd tell tell the ships to disable people. I'd tell them, you know, it's the stuff I was good at anyway. Like I was much better at that stuff, and he was much better at the dogfighting, so it just paired yeah. up really well. It's micromanaging.
1: If, is your is your skills?
0: Oh, uh, I well, like I said, like I was telling you a story the other day of one of the missions where, like, literally. I completed half the mission by not being there. Like I split four wings of, of fighters between these two things that we have to escort. And one of them successfully got out without me, with me being like 5,000 kilometers away or something like that, like 5,000 meters away, like nowhere, nowhere near it. Like it managed to escape and its hole was intact. And I, you know, it felt some accomplishment. there. like, hell yeah. yeah.
1: There was the escort mission with, uh, the large uh, cruiser early on in the, in the story and that thing got blown up, unfortunately. But the pod got out, so they yes. still completed the mission. Yes.
0: Um, But what's interesting in this game is the way difficulty works. Because in a lot of games, especially modern games, when you change the difficulty, it basically changes how much damage your weapons do, how much damage the AI's weapons do, how much <laughs> damage you take, how much Armor they have like makes things harder to kill, makes you slightly easier to kill. Like it, it's right, just a little tweaks right. like that. In this game, adjusting the difficulty only changes one thing: it, it makes the AI pilots better or worse. Yes. So you have your default level, and then like if you make the game easy or very easy, they they're not really the soup not really dumb but they're they don't they don't do any crazy advanced stuff yeah and if you raise the difficulty they are insanely good and you have to be really really good and they're really good at like avoiding missiles and stuff like that because when you get missiles fired at you you can you have to fly a certain way and like use your afterburner and dump you know, like anti like countermeasures and stuff behind you to yeah, yeah. hit the missiles instead. And they're a, a lot better at that. So it's it was just one of the things that was always really cool is it never never changed anything about the game. It just made the pilots fly better.
1: Cool. Didn't um, change any of the other weapons or anything like that. That's neat. Not no, nothing I like that. I like that a lot.
0: Nothing ever changes. It just the way the f- ships fly. Hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. So that was that was one of the very unique things about the game that I've always enjoyed because it doesn't feel artificially more difficult. It just you're flying against better pilots so you have to be better. And yeah. one of the things that this game like won awards for basically are the giant explosions. Nice. And the way the ships come apart like when you saw that giant ship get blown up and mm-hmm. like you had to help the escape pods after that
1: unfortunately i never actually saw the explosion Uh, i was i was was about five thousand kilometers away at the time
0: like there's huge explosions and the ships break apart into a whole bunch of pieces which apparently Mm -hmm. like had never been done before in a space sim well in uh,
1: fairness you were dealing with such low power video cards and stuff were there even video cards at
0: that point yes (laughs) plus you you were telling me that you had to install like n glide which is the uh yeah nvidia version of the glide drivers for uh without the voodoo 2 cards i think something like that yeah I mean, this was like voodoo yeah. 2 era jesus stuff like i remember that. voodoo 2 <laughs> <laughs> that's, all right but that's the that's the era this game came out in it was like the late uh, 90s so it's like voodoo cards and the very first nvidia cards were starting to come out
1: i remember when that was a huge thing too <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: One of my friends used to have uh, either two or three Voodoo Two cards running in SLI. Nice, nice, crazy to play Quake Two. Nice. One of the things that struck me as really weird about this game is the environment, and that there basically is none.
1: Yep, it is a complete and empty piece of space, unless you have some asteroids there.
0: That's it. Unless, unless there's the weird asteroid things. Like, there's no planets. Occasionally, there's a sun, like really, really distant.
1: Yeah, and it gives you that uh, that sun flare yeah. type of uh, whiteout of the screen, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, but even the asteroid fields don't really—they're just a bunch of randomly flying rocks.
1: Yeah, there's not really an asteroid field. You don't get the feeling that you're actually in an asteroid field. You yeah. just get the feeling like there's debris everywhere.
0: And then there are some like weird nebula backgrounds that like are just weird, just blotches of color.
1: And to be fair, it still works. Yes. Like you still feel like you're flying through space. Yeah. It's just that it feels very empty. Yes. You know, yes, like space. Is.
0: And but that's the thing is like I remember planets and stuff like that. But I think that's me remembering Free Space too. Um, Maybe. Maybe. So it was very surprising to be like, wow, there's literally nothing here. Like all of the all of the game con like the. Content of the game, the meat of the game, is in the in the way the missions are structured and in the way the dogfighting is. Like, there's nothing to look at. Basically, it's all ships and occasionally big jump gates, which are these weird wireframe constructs. Right. That are very weird.
1: It, it does. They do look strange as fuck. Like they look like they don't exist. Yeah. Like, well, cause we're supposed to model something here, but we're not yeah. gonna.
0: Well, because I don't think it's actually like a physical structure. It's just like we know that it's if on you your HUD, yeah. if you jump from this zone, like in this area, like it it makes a perfect wormhole to this other system. Or something. I don't. Yeah, it's just a they HUD construct. You don't, don't ever explain it. There's yeah. like it is a big hyperspace node. I think that's yeah, that, the way they explain it, and it's yeah. like yeah,
1: yeah. Just just at that point, it's just a HUD construct, so you can see where you're supposed to be
0: going. Yeah. So. The premise of the game and this is like the shortest way i could think about it that doesn't really have any spoilers because you get all this from like the opening trailer kind of um so you are a human pilot and you're a newbie that like basically is just getting into the military and the humans have been at war with this alien race called the vasudans for more than a decade mm-hmm. i think it's 15 years it's either 14 or 15 years at the time of the game starts
1: i don't remember it saying
0: and yeah so that's where you come in like you come in and you start with like basically tutorial missions like they're mm-hmm. literally tutorial missions but it is your flight school to earn your pilot wings so you can start doing real missions but i don't think anyone would do that these days i think they would just like oh you learned this shit on the fly on your first mission and like i don't know it's it's definitely a relic of a bygone era which is kind of interesting but, but tutorials aren't really a thing anymore it's kind of yeah, sad it's, it's, it's all built into the first level
1: yeah, kind of sad.
0: I miss those. <laughs> um, so let's talk about flight mechanics, since that's like 90% of the stuff in this game.
1: 98. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because other than that, it's menus.
0: Kind of, yeah. Um, so yeah. So the first thing that I'll talk about is there's energy management. Which is generally done with the uh you know, like the insert, delete, home, end, page up, page down, that little block of six buttons. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and they they do three things. There's guns, which is uh the insert and delete. Um yep. there are shields when shields enter the game, because they're home and end, end at the <laughs> beginning, which is the uh yeah, home and end. And then page up, page down. Page up, page it's down is for your engines. And if as you if you put more energy into your engines if you divert energy into your engines you go faster surprise surprise no your, shield, your shields get stronger your guns fire faster mhm they fire pretty
1: fast at default though
0: yeah and, but you can run out of energy and they start firing much much Slower, and that's where you get the. the, Usually, if you just put like one or two into into one, like as a little boost, like during combat, it doesn't make that much of a difference for you. There are shields later in the game. It's it's pretty early in the game. It's still in the first act, I think. You get shields. um but um, did not get there. Yeah, basically, it it's their quadrants. So you have your front, your back, your left, and your right shields, Mm -hmm. and as, as one of those quadrants takes damage, they can eat through just that part of the shield and hit you from there. And you can hit... There's an equalize button, which I think is Q. And uh, it will redistribute energy from those that are still up into the one that's down to repower it. And, nice. Yeah. It, it, if you get in a big, messy dogfight, you can uh, run out of shields pretty quick, and then you're just screwed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's the... Uh... Interestingly, there's targeting subsystems. I clearly did not get this far. I do know that uh, the targeting, literally I just pressed H to target the next hostile yep. thing nearest to me and I just went ape shit on that and yeah, moved T on with is, my day.
0: T is like the target in front of you. H is the uh, next hostile target or the closest hostile target, I think.
1: Yeah, and you can actually cycle through targets with T as well. Like you can, not only is it in front of you, but everywhere around you. But it goes through from nearest to furthest, I believe.
0: Yeah. And uh So if you hit the S button, it would target a subsystem. And there's a bunch of different subsystems depending on how big the ship is. But most of them have like engines, weapons, nav, and comms. Mm -hmm. And so engines, like you take them out and the ship is just stranded. It's just adrift. It can't move until its engines get repaired. Um, You can call in a repair ship that will come in and repair your subsystems. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and rearm you. It's very, okay. very useful later in the game, especially if you're in a bomber. Shift need... R. Shift R?
2: Yeah.
0: And that just calls in the, re- the resupply? hmm Okay. So I got to know some um, of
1: the keyboard shortcuts.
0: So to hitting C and then five. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> shift
0: R was quicker than. for some reason. I just, I know the menus, so it's just like boop, boop, and done. Yeah,
1: yeah. I got to know the keyboard shortcuts just like, mm,
0: shift R, done. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm going to get some resupplies and then wait. Nice. Um, so weapons, if you shoot out their weapons, they can't shoot anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: if you take out their nav, I don't know what this does. I, I've i never had my nav taken out. Um, I've never had a reason to take out their nav. Uh, I I don't know if it keeps them from jumping out of the system. I don't know if it shuts down their HUD. Like I have no idea what nav does. Um, I just, I've i never had a reason to do it. Hmm. But shutting down their comms is really good because it keeps them from calling in more waves of ships to help them. <laughs> I just blew them up. That's all I needed to do. Well, they, these like the big capital ships is the reason why you would do that. Gotcha. You, gotcha. you take out their comms so they can't call more ships in and then if they are large enough to have fighter bays you take out their fighter bays and then they can't launch more ships to help. Yeah. So that's fair. Those are the, the kind of ones that are, there are some other really weird ones that occasionally crop up in maybe one ship.
1: Yeah. And now we're onto weapons, yeah, which is
0: and, and the regular targeting, the way the HUD works. Um, where You have, you have the ship that you're targeting. So like that has like a little square around it. Right. And then if you have a missile that has weapon lock, it'll start as a diamond and it'll track to wherever like as long as you keep it in the towards the center of your screen yeah uh and then off kind of to the side it gives you a little circle of like if you shoot here you will more likely hit the ship based on how it's currently flying
1: yeah yeah it's basically a lead for you yep
0: and uh yeah so like it's really really simple and it's really easy to understand and then it's got some there's some other stuff in the hud where it shows like the enemy's shields and stuff and their orientation towards you and your shields and your energy distribution and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Do you want to talk about some, some weapons? I like weapons. Weapons Let's talk weapons. All right. So at the beginning of the game, you have basically two weapons.
1: (laughs) Yeah, essentially the Um, MO O sixteen, which is basically just a simple pair of laser blasters.
0: Pew, pew, pew.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. And uh, the MX-50 kind of fire and forget missiles. Yeah. It and basically the, if you targeted and, things.
0: Yeah. And the disruptor cannon. I never if used you, the disruptor cannon though. So yeah. So the ML-16 is like it really becomes obsolete, especially the second shields become a thing.
1: Oh yeah. Super fast.
0: Um, but the disruptor cannon, like you usually you pair it if you know you're going to have to take out a larger ship or disable mm-hmm. a larger ship because it does very, very little hull damage. But does a lot of damage to the subsystem. So if you like target the engines, like it might do five percent damage to their hull and a hundred percent damage to their engines. Nice. It does so little to their to the hull. And yeah, but it also becomes pretty useless pretty quick because of uh the uh shields getting introduced to the game because it doesn't do much to shields at all. Uh in the post-shields world, there's the Avenger cannon, which you mentioned the prototype of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think when we were talking before the show. Yep, um, yep, yep. And it is the replacement of the ML16 that actually will chew up the shields pretty good. And, nice. Uh,
1: so, do decent hull hold, hold damage and everything?
0: Yeah, it does. It does really good hull damage. Like that's it's that's its primary purpose is hull damage, but it can also eat through shields. Um, then later. You get the Prometheus, which is by far the best weapon in the game and will absolutely rip a dogfighting ship to shreds or a bomber to shreds once you've gotten through their shields. Nice. Which brings us to the anti-shield guns, which are the Flail and the Banshee, which are... You get the flail alongside the Avenger, and you equip both of those, or you you shoot something shields down with the flail, and then switch over to the Avenger, and like you make pretty short work of pretty much anything in a dogfight. Nice. Um, the Banshee though is re- absolutely ridiculous. It's three times more powerful than the flail at taking down hmm. shields.
1: So that's <laughs> like a one shot deal, isn't it?
0: Uh, it? It takes two or three in some of the later later shots, uh, later games, or later like AI um and stuff like because it's harder to hit stuff because it doesn't fire as fast uh but oh yeah like you you with the banshee and prometheus it it takes maybe five or six shots to kill a ship if you're firing them both together awesome it gets it gets really kind of crazy um there's a bunch of different missiles uh you mentioned the mx-50 which are called fire and forget like you just like literally if the ship's in front of you it'll kind of lock half-ass lock on to whatever you're facing and try and hit it
1: You'll get maybe like 50% of your shots with the missiles on it, which really sucks considering you only have like 10 to 20.
0: Yeah. Then there is... Disruptor missile? Yeah, disruptor missile. Sorry, I'm looking up something else because I forgot to talk about
1: Yeah, It basically just is similar to the disruptor cannon. Uh, once you hit, pretty much anything you hit is short circuit. Uh,
0: so it doesn't work like the disruptor cannon. It works different. So okay. the disruptor cannon destroys subsystems like takes down the damages the subsystems the disruptor Mm -hmm. missile just completely short circuits a ship and it cannot function at all for 10 seconds interesting like like the whole ship goes offline for 10 seconds which is really crazy we're fighting a larger ship because like
1: you get a capital ship with that
0: yeah the the capital ship cannot shoot or do anything for 10 seconds
1: and it just gets chewed up if you've got i don't know prometheus
0: yeah well the big one is that there's stuff later on that's even crazier uh then you get a fury uh rocket at one point in time which basically has no targeting at all like you just you have to lead and hope that it hits uh and you can but you pack a ridiculous like i mean you pack like 200 of these instead of like instead of like 20 mx50s like it's it gets r- absolutely ridiculous like how many of these you pack on um, i can we
1: imagine just basically doing a strafing run on a capital ship with those yeah
0: that's basically kind of what you you do with them like i never really had a use for them i don't know uh there's a hornet which is really fun because it's kind of like the mx50 where you kind of like you know it just kind of hits whatever's in front of you but it fires four missiles instead of one interesting and usually about 50 percent of them connect so it's hmm. it they're they're really useful in a dogfight you also carry a shitload of them too so the, nice. it's really nice it's really fun to just like be chasing someone and they have a really quick fire rate so like after you fire them like it'll re-establish lock and you can fire again really really quickly so you can just like <laughs> I have this big swarm of like twenty missiles chasing someone. <laughs> of course, Just a they, swarm of angry bees, yeah, basically. Uh, there's the interceptor, uh, which is actually cool because it actually like establishes a target lock. So, like, if you think about like Top Gun, where they like, have that, that little reticle, like boop, 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 yeah. so it lines up, and
2: then, like, yeah,
0: and then like the sirens go off. Like, it, it, totally the same thing in this game when you when you get target lock, and it's really really fun. Nice. Uh, yeah it totally feels like top gun which is kind of funny uh it's really fast and locks on really quickly so it's re- like one of the best things for dogfighting. Uh, dog fighting and oddly is really good at shooting down bombs because they're like interesting there are these bombs that are made to like destroy larger capital ships and they mm-hmm. move really really slow so you can like actually shoot them down before they hit your ship and it'll do less damage to like the big capital ships nice um, and it's since it locks target so fast and it moves so fast it's really good at shooting down those bombs which is kind of fun. Awesome. Um, awesome. Then there's the Phoenix 5 which is slower than the interceptor but more potent so it like is really really good at killing bombers instead of dogfighting cuz bombers okay. move slower and don't dogfight as much.
1: Well, you don't need to. They're um, there yeah. for one purpose and one purpose alone. That's the
0: bomb things. Yes. Uh there's the Synaptic missile Ah, uh, which is weird. Like I've, it's referred to as a defensive weapon. I've never found a use for this thing. So you like fire it off, and then it blows up and sends a bunch of other smaller missiles in like random ass directions. And like I've <laughs> never found a use for it.
1: Could you just fling it at a capital ship?
0: Yeah, but like I've, it doesn't do much. Like it doesn't blow up a one thing. Like I don't, I don't know how use. Like I've never found a use for it. Hmm.
1: Now, if they had like um, physical hangers that were open for that, that would be a perfect thing for that. Just launch in the yes. hangar and yes. goodbye.
0: That that would be very interesting. But I think that not not that not advanced yet. Maybe no, maybe these no. days they would be able to do it. Really dangerous, um, man. Yeah. Which so I want to go um, play
1: because we played this game?
0: Yeah. I so, feel like it's a much better version. In a way, yes. Uh, then there's the stiletto, which is is basically like the disruptor cannon it just destroys subsystems like especially on a large capital ship like they just chew up those subsystems yeah uh, yeah. and then we get to the two really fun ones which are the giant slow ridiculous enormous bombs that are used to blow up ships like big ships there's the tsunami uh which is really easy to shoot down if you're fire it from too far away. Um, right, And then there's the Harbinger. Hmm. The Harbinger is the absolute ri- most ridiculous thing I've ever seen ever on paper. So it's a fusion bomb with a 5,000 megaton payload. That's a lot
1: for the purposes of the audience. Um, <laughs> the largest bomb built to date by humans was the Sarbamba RDS-220 hydrogen bomb. At fifty megatons,
0: so a hundred times more powerful, and I'm pretty sure that that's like exponential, not not actually like just a hundred times more powerful. I think it's like yes. exponentially more powerful. Yeah, and this is how you blow up giant capital ships in this game is by hitting them with har- multiple harbingers, and uh, it's pretty uh, crazy. Now, I know. You did not get very far in the game. Did you have a favorite ship in the game?
1: There was only the two. There was the first ship, which is your base, like, original descent ship. The Apollo? Um, I, sure. I don't know the names. I, I'll be honest with you. I have no fucking clue what the names are. And then there's this second ship, which was like a Hornet, I want to say. I don't know what the second ship
0: is. Ulysses? Okay. Did it look like... Uh, like a like bat wings i don't know like
1: so it was the ulysses yes is the second one that i got and i
0: mm,
1: it doesn't look familiar yeah we'll just say it's ulysses we're just gonna go with that that's gonna
0: happen was that was it the athena bomber
1: no it was a much faster smaller lighter ship it was a fighter not a bomber
0: oh then it's probably the valkyrie sure yeah it looks a lot more like an actual fighter plane
1: yeah, yeah. We're just we just going with the Valkyrie. It was a it was a much fa- faster, lighter, yeah. quicker ship that did a bunch of damage because you were fast and didn't need to worry about being hit.
0: Yeah. So they have uh, so there's basically in the main game there's four fighter ships and three bombers as you go through the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start with the Apollo, and then I think you get the Valkyrie, and then the Ulysses, and then the Hercules. Um, and they, they all have different purposes. So the Apollo is kind of your, it's the it's the starting ship. So it's very basic. Um, you basically don't use it once you start getting the other ones, because there's no reason to use the Apollo when you have access to the Hercules, because it's a heavier ship and it can carry better weapons. Um, and that could be, could basically becomes the limitations of the Apollo is that it can't carry the armaments that you need. Um, right. right. The Valkyrie is much faster and more nimble and better at dogfighting. The Ulysses kind of, like, tries to be between the Hercules and the Valkyrie. Like, it's made more for... Instead of just being a heavy fighter or, like, a really nimble dogfighter, it tries to do both. And I don't know. If I take a fighter, I take a Hercules. That's fair. That's just what I prefer. Um, Then there's the three bombers, the Athena, the Medusa, and the Ursa. And I love the... like especially once you get the Medusa bomber, I almost always fly in bombers, which is kind of funny. Uh, But I will always take an Ursa 100% of the time because the Ursa is the only thing that can pack the Harbinger bomb in. That's where where all the fun is. Makes sense. That's where the money shot is, is in the Harbinger.
1: To put the Harbinger into even more perspective, (laughs) the little boy and fat man that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, respectively, 13 to 18 kilotons for the little boy and 20 to 22 kilotons for the fat man. Yes. They were not very powerful when put in perspective of say the Sarabamba, which yes. is 50 kilot 50 megatons. Megaton. Or, yeah. That's, which is 50,000 kilotons in this case.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. 5,000 megatons for the Harbingers. Just yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> That's but a yeah, planet my, killer yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> but but you need it by the end of the game, which is actually I'm sure I'm sure even more insane I won't go into the enemy ships uh just because they, I don't know no one I want to go to bed stuff. sometime today yeah and I don't want to <laughs> um, so before we get into spoilerville what is what did you think of the music that you saw
1: honestly it didn't really resonate with me like I, I, it didn't it just I was playing and it was there, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah it present it, to a point where
0: I noticed it. It, I think it does really good at being ambient music because that's that's its job is like ambient space music and it's it's kind of cool. The battle music, it it does it does a really good job of just like blending into the background and you like barely notice it to to a weird degree. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing to say about it, but that's just kind of crazy.
1: Well, it it, lend, it does lend atmosphere to the game, but it's not something that drags your attention away from the game, which it's literally serving its purpose. It's background yeah. music. It's there to set the, the stage so that you can enjoy the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. What did you think of the voice acting in the opening cinematic?
1: I did not watch the opening cinematic. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. Because you you sit here, you rave about the voice acting in the opening cinematic, and I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about the voice acting in this game is not that great. Yeah, no, but
0: like, you should you should definitely go watch that movie.
1: Yeah, the caveat being that I did not see the opening cinematic so I can't yeah. speak to the fact that there I mean it, the
0: in-game voice acting yeah. eh, not super great. If you don't care about spoilers in the in the show notes there is going to be a link to a YouTube video that is all of the in-game Cut scenes from the from the game, and there's a ton of voice, like really good voice acting in those, which is which is really cool. um But yeah, the the video, like, there's basically a, like you know, it's from the kind of point of view of the space station, and a human ship jumps in, and he's like in on fire and and panicking and like freak, like dude is freaking out and ranting and raving and like he, talking about like the these people blew up everyone and everyone's dead and they're they're following him and he knows they're gonna follow him and they're all gonna die and you're just like this dude legitly sounds terrified it doesn't sound like what you expect especially from this time period of games where it's just like someone robotically reading from a script right it actually sounds like they went out and paid a voice actor to do it uh whereas some of the in-game dialogue like the mission briefings and stuff really sound like you know someone at volition did it i'm pretty sure like they just went down the hall and you know used used a microphone in the closet and <laughs> so much
1: of the way they uh they recorded uh uh the kid from monsters inc
0: yeah kind of
1: he basically followed her around to the microphone and just recorded her dialogue
0: nice um but yeah like it's just really cool that uh they the way they also tell the basudan's point of the story is like there's some weird cutscenes that just like show off some pretty footage and have uh voiceovers over it that talk about like how how they spread into the galaxy and what happened when they met the great destroyers, which are humans and like some other (laughs) (laughs) well they're not wrong yeah and and it's just like this this really interesting thing that they were like this this nice prosperous people and they thought they were gonna you know be able to take over the whole galaxy especially after they learned how to jump and then they like met this alien race and then shit went south really fast in a fucking hurry because (laughs) humans like like to fight
1: i got nothing better to do with my afternoon
0: yeah all right so we're about to dip into Spoilerville for a little while, but right before we do, what were overall impressions of the game, even though you didn't play very much of it?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like I can't really give a, and I know it's going to be a comp out because I I don't feel comfortable saying whether or not I can rate this game or whether or not it was the money I sp- worth the money I spent on it. Because I played maybe an hour of this game total. Yeah. In, in between the time I first got it running and this afternoon when I tried to play as much as I could before I died to something stupid and I said, fuck this game.
0: You you flew into an asteroid, didn't you?
1: No, into a capital ship. My capital ship. during In the asteroid field. Because should, should watch the fucker, he was in my way and I needed to blow up the fucking asteroid. It's so not it, fair, you know it. So you fly around him. <laughs> I hate this game. I actually feel better saying I hate this game. And this game sucks. No, I'm kidding. I, I really, <laughs> I really don't have any. It was fun, but it made me want to play Elite Dangerous more because right. I feel like that is a more modern, polished version yeah. well, of, of, of this course. game. Essentially,
0: this, this game is from 1998. Oh, absolutely.
1: And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a a good or bad thing or something it points you know, to in its disfavor or favor, but take it with the yeah. context it was set but in this I, is I an amazing game for 1998
0: nearly a 20 year old game which is scary yeah. to think about
1: and it's still good looking yeah like, like, like I, it's it's not a terrible looking game
0: yeah like and one of the reasons why i'm really interested in free space 2 is because there's like a, a really still active modding community and they're like updating and retexturing everything still which is dang insane um
1: when you consider that it came out in nineteen eighty
0: nine, yeah. Yeah. And so like some of the the ships that I've seen like on the wiki from where they've redone it is like, man, I, I want to get this and I want to play all of this stuff and like I want to do play it all super pretty and see Free Space Two in the super, it's super pretty form. Um nice. But
1: you can do that already, it's totally dangerous now. <laughs> I'm sorry, keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick.
0: oh uh, so for me like one of the things that i was really curious about this game that i mentioned when i picked it was like how well does this game hold up 20 years later um, pretty well i i still enjoyed it a lot uh you know there's no hope of bug fixing because you know the last patch was 1.06 and that was you know 20 years ago um <laughs> yeah. and and honestly if I had more time to
1: do so, I probably would have attempted to finish this because while that mission was annoying as hell, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. Right. It, I overall enjoyed my experience playing it.
0: Yeah. That being said, like the asking price for it on Steam, like the bait is normally $10, I think it's nine ninety nine, and then it goes on sale fairly frequently. Me, because I love the game, I would totally pay the 10 bucks for it. But like, if, if you are into older school games and you can deal with the fact that it's like pretty boxy graphics, like it's really low poly stuff and it, it shows like it shows its age. I would pay three to five bucks for it. Easy. Like it's yeah, still a really good game and it comes with the expansion, which I still haven't played. So I'm probably going to play through that and then yeah. do some other stuff too. Uh, sure. but like i still own the physical game. Like I still have a copy of it laying around somewhere, uh, behind me in my messy ass office and like i paid 50 or 60 dollars for that so i I would totally pay pay it, i would pay the 10 bucks but that's me because i like this style of game and like it's a really cool look at a really good historical great example of a space sim from back in the day I'm and it's you. still it still plays really good it still handles really well it feels a little arcadey at times but it's fun right right that that would be that's my kind of overall impression still is like it's still good i, I yeah. still enjoyed it thoroughly uh i think you have to be of a mindset of like you have to like retro 3d games and not mind low poly 3d games to get the most out of it that's cool but, but yay so you ready to uh go into spoilerville and talk some of the story
1: i'm already there cool here we go <laughs> The following content contains spoilers and the possibility of graphic violence, nudity, vocal and uncensored opinions, cursing, loud sighs of regret, anguish, and the possibility of sleepy hosts. Please skip ahead to 1 hour 16 minutes and 8 seconds. If you wish to avoid the proceeding, listener discretion is advised.
0: All right. Now that we're in spoilerville, I'm not gonna go too deep into this because I don't want to to ruin it. But like some of the t- some of it, you can tell like their influences because one of their big influences was Ender's Game, and you could totally tell that when it comes to the uh, the Shivans and some of the stuff that the Vasudans say in like their little dialogues. But yeah, like a game starts off with the Terrence fighting the Vasudans, and there's rumors going around starting in the the opening cutscene of like this this weird new alien race coming in. It just destroying everybody and like killing both the vasudans and the terrans and in one of the missions that i think you got to uh you're you're going to take out a an important vasudan ship and like as you're approaching the ship like these weird black ships warp in and just kick the ever-loving shit out of the vasudans yeah be-
1: it's it's actually the um the Orion class vessel is trying to steal the Avenger prototype or destroy the shit that has the Avenger prototype oh, yeah, on it.
0: Yeah, you one of your guys they defected.
1: Yep. Yep. Fucking prick. Yeah. Suck my uh, ass.
0: Yeah, and, and so he's trying to defect to the is it to the hammer of light or just to the visitans in general? Um you
1: know I, mean? I don't often know.
0: Yeah, I think I think he's trying to defect to the Vasudans in general. He's
1: trying to he's trying to defect to the Vasudans in general. I don't remember hearing anything about a hammer of light.
0: Okay. Yeah, you didn't get that far. Uh no. <laughs> but yeah, you don't even get a chance to do it because they they get blown up by the Shivans. Oh yeah, they and, get
1: chewed and, the fuck up.
0: Yeah, and then you can't even target the Shevans. Like you nope. can't. You just you could try and shoot them, but they have shields, so your your puny little.
1: I hammered H and shouted "What the fuck!" at my screen for a while. Yeah.
0: The uh, is the M L sixteen. Like it just doesn't do anything to them. This leads the Terrans and Vasudans to stop fighting each other and form a big alliance to be like, hey, let's uh, let's figure out what the fuck these guys are doing.
1: Let's quit uh, fucking around for a hot minute, shall we?
0: Yeah, so, so they, or at least the humans, refer to these people as Shivans after mm-hmm. Shiva the Destroyer from Hindu mythology. Um, yep. And to be interesting, like all of the Vasudan ships, like all of the... Earth ships are referred to in terms of Greek things, hence the Apollo, the Medusa, Ursa, yep, the yep, yep, uh, yep. Prometheus. Uh, but all of your wings are like Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. So all of the Vesudan wings are Egyptian. So it's like Anubis and stuff like that. And all of the mm-hmm. Shivan wings are Indian. So there's very distinct things. And you very, very quickly learn to tell them apart because you have like Arjuna... Which is Indian. So you know that that's a Sheevan wing. Like, you know, it's the only thing that isn't is the Lucifer, like the big Leviathan class, giant Shivan capital ship. Lucifer is not, not Indian. I, I just, it's nah, this big, giant, demonic looking thing, I guess. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's whatever. Over the course of this stuff, you build up this reputation as a, a really competent pilot. And a really good commander as you're doing all of these missions against the Vasudans. So you get start getting picked for this crazy ass series of special ops missions to gather intel on the Mm Shivans. And like you start doing things from like raiding a cargo depot to steal their technology. And eventually, like you get tagged to help capture a Shivan fighter. You you fly in, you shoot out its engines and like they warp in a cargo ship and steal this fighter and afterwards the the combined Terran Vasudan scientist people retrofit the stolen fighter using controls that you can fly because the they couldn't get the original components working apparently sure sure and uh so you fly it into Sheevan controlled space and try to avoid being sp- spotted by patrols because you you have these obvious human parts in like propulsion system in the ship and uh so you, you're scanning cargo you're scanning transport ships big capital ships fly into the system that you get to try and scan all while avoiding these patrols of enemy ships it's a stealth mission in a space sim <laughs>
1: And it, actually works,
0: it actually works pretty well, and it is very, very tense because you get these, like, uh, eventually the, like, Lucifer flies in, and you're like, holy shit. So you're, like, trying to scan it and stuff. because I like,
1: am going to die. Yeah,
0: you feel like you're <laughs> going to die, like, the whole time. You're like, I'm fucked, I'm fucked, because you're the only one there, and there's just all yeah, these Sheevan yeah. ships flying around, and you can't kill all of them. Yeah, it's fine. Um, eventually, based on all of this information they decide oh we want to capture a shivan capital ship so let's let's take it out and capture it so you you take it out and capture it and then you get this great cutscene where they send a boarding party onto the ship to try and learn more about this alien species and that's they fun. all goes horribly wrong and they all die of course
1: <laughs> because that's <laughs> how it, things do
0: and it's great 1990s cgi space marine stuff it's it's mm-hmm. That is where this game, like, also like, really super shows its age. Seems right. Seems excuse. right. So yeah, eventually, the Shivans use the Lucifer to completely destroy the Vasudan's homeworld at Vasuda Prime, mm-hmm. and uh, are basically a couple of jumps away of finding Soul, the you know humans' human homeworld. Earth. <laughs> yeah. So command gets this crazy ass idea gets super desperate and decides that they're going to attack the Lucifer in the only place they can guarantee. It won't be able to get reinforcements and won't have any shields in hyperspace when it's jumping between two nodes. Yeah. You, you get to lead a, uh, this suicide mission into hyperspace to blow up the Lucifer while it's in transit. And, uh, it has a whole bunch of reactors you have to blow up that are part of the subsystems on the ship and then uh at the end of the game you fly off into the sunset towards earth <laughs> after coming out in the soul system interesting hmm. and uh like i said there's gonna be a uh thing in the show notes with all the cutscenes. uh and i loved the voice acting in the cutscenes; like they're so good uh or especially the opening one and like the vasudan ones are really cool just because they're weird and you're just like I can't tell if that's the they're speaking as the Shivans or the Vasudans, and it's it's the Vasudans. Okay, that's fair. It's a fun game. Like I very very loosely skimmed over some of the the plot points, but there's so many missions. There's like forty something missions in this game.
1: Dang, and I got through like seven or eight.
0: Yeah, The most of them are pretty short. They're like you know, yeah. maybe five or six minutes long. Like yeah, you, you just put them together, but uh, that's actually something I forgot to talk about the really awesome mission briefings are fucking badass yeah that's alright you just yeah. talked about it yeah but mission briefings are amazing I love them uh, they're pretty anyway. good yeah so I think we're ready to leave Spoilerville
1: yeah sounds Unless good we got me. anything honestly what am I gonna spoil what <laughs> the fuck am I gonna spoil true,
0: true. you can spoil the uh, training mission
2: Wah, wah.
1: <laughs> I got to advanced training, okay? Nice.
2: Nice. Anyway.
1: We are back from the villa of Spoilers. And overall, I think uh, for a, a game that, again, taking it into context, this game was made in 1998 just under 20 years ago
0: yeah. released in 98 so that means yeah. it was probably
1: 97 ish good yeah enjoyable i i don't remember the price tag for this but i do not regret my purchase
0: yeah i i think you managed to get it on a steam sale
1: i believe I so but I, I can't open steam right now for some
0: inexplicable reason uh the set free space is 9.99 is the default price like i thought 9.99 full price it's also available on Good Old Games and a couple other places. Good Old Games is interesting because you get copies of the manual and stuff with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I pay the ten bucks, but maybe I did and I don't remember.
0: No, I'm pretty sure you you picked it up on a sale. Yeah,
1: probably. If you get it on sale, I think it's a uh, more than even ten bucks might be worth the price. So, eh, yeah. Either way,
0: I think it really just depends on if you uh, how well you tolerate low poly. 3D games because some of them are just an atrocity to mankind. But it really just depends on how well you handle it.
1: Yeah, and honestly, it's not bad. Like even even with the low poly, it's still pretty good looking.
0: Yeah. All Either right. Way I'd
1: recommend it. Please give it a shot.
0: Yeah. So that means it's time for you to pick your next favorite game that we're gonna play over the next. Like couple of months. <laughs> yeah, so this is kind
1: of an unconventional choice I think. Uh, it is honestly, I, I am surprised to learn that we looked it up earlier it's not on a tablet or a mobile device and that kind of surprises me because it's very much a, a very casual type of game. It's called Game Dev Tycoon and uh, if you're not familiar with it, you're essentially a, you start out in Back in the the uh, late '70s, early '80s, and you start off in a garage, building video games out of your garage. It starts off with the, I believe, the uh, Commodore slash Nintendo era, slash Atari yeah. era, somewhere in that ballpark, and basically you just go through these stages of gaming from there. And I, I'm not sure when or if it ends because I never actually finished, I don't know if you can finish a game, but I never. I've I've gotten up to like the PlayStation. Four era or whatever they call they how they call it because they can't legally call it the PlayStation without drawing the ire of Sony. It's it's, it's Stay I don't know what they called it. It was something <laughs> ridi- something equally ridiculous to that. Very interesting, fun little game that I think uh, that I think you'll enjoy because it's a nice little casual game you can play while you're sitting there just uh, watching Mara.
0: The the Akami Game Sphere. Yes. It's South Park. Their, their joke about the Xbox. <laughs> anyway. Xbox and GameCube and Sony PlayStation.
1: That'll be the next favorite game coming up. <laughs> our next actual game coming up is a game I think we both enjoyed very much called Stardew Valley.
0: Yes, that's going to be our next episode. Uh, so in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it's a sure. good time. I'm looking forward to it.
0: For sure a couple weeks.
1: Yeah. All right if you want to get in contact with us you can do so just email us over at podcast at com. you can email me at Paullwell you can email Dan email send us some tweets over at Paullwell you can send Dan one over at the at account and he's also at Chop the Viking you can find me usually streaming during the early evenings on weekends over at twitch.tv slash what's paul playing today Dan will probably be in incognito for a while, or at least uh, incommunicado, until um, they get the schedules down. But he's over at twitch.tv slash Chop the Viking. You want to find us for
0: the for the next week or so uh, after I finish editing this, I will probably be playing uh, Stardew Valley uh, just to play some more of it to get a better feel for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I'll be I'll be streaming some over the next week or so, or week or so, hopefully uh, until. <laughs> Until it's time, basically. Until the event horizon. Yeah, until until the event horizon snatches me away.
1: If you want to find us over on social media, you can find us in the links in the show notes over at com. And if you love us, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever the hell you're listening to us. You can find us probably on the moon somewhere if you're really thinking about it. It really does help us so find other people for listeners for the show. And it's probably the biggest thing you can do to help us out. And if you really, really love us, check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash Gaming. Thank you so much for everything that you guys have done for us for donating to Patreon. We also have some nifty dandy shirts over at Teespring. Just look for Ludicart Gaming on Teespring and you'll find some cool shirts. We have them in several different colors. Dan and I both got gray. Uh, a friend of ours got black. And I believe there's a uh, navy blue. and yeah, there's, uh, there's
0: a blue and a white and one uh, yeah. well, other color I can't think of right now. Yeah, but yeah, check them out. That look <laughs> check him out.
1: It's got our it's got our sweet ass logo, uh with uh, Mr. Uh, Professor Bananas sitting there right next to our cart. Yes. Anything else, that
0: Nope. I I think that about does it for uh this one. Sweet.
1: This was a very Dan heavy episode. If you like hearing his voice, check it out.
0: Well, you've already checked it out at this point. Shh. 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 <laughs> Shh.
1: All right, folks, we're out. It's we're tired and punchy. Here's some smooth jazz to play you out. I don't know
0: look at the valkyrie damn it
1: i don't know genuinely do not know uh let's see the valkyrie that's pr- probably it sure <laughs> we're just
2: going with that Siren, siren, siren! (laughs) I I finally got a chance to get Steam open. I'm gonna see how much I paid for it. Oh, because I don't know. I guess I do. That's how I do.
1: I don't know where the fuck this is. Where do you find that shit?
0: Uh some other time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, fuck it. Anyway, um,